Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is July 8th, 2020. Happy post 4th of July. Hope everybody had a safe, wonderful holiday. Let's get right into it. First thing, I've always found it fascinating how one group of people, white folks, are upset when another group of people, black folks, are marching and protesting for their human and civil rights. I never understood really what is the real anger that white people are feeling when people of another race or gender or sexual preference acts for respect, acts for rights to be set in place, made into law. It's, you know, first of all, it's, it's sad that black people, gay people, women have to protest to get their rights in place because people don't understand this is something that you should have from the beginning. This is something that should be yours without asking. A person should not have to ask for respect. A person should not have to say, treat me with dignity. A person should not have to say, don't violate or infringe on my life simply because of some characteristic that I don't have that matches yours. But what I, what I don't understand is why does this cause white people to have fear? Why is it that, or what is it about another group gaining the same rights that they have? What, what, what will happen if everybody had the absolute same rights across the board? How, how would that affect white people or even to break it down even more, white men? Though, you know, it's, it's funny lately, you see some of the most craziest shit going on with these white women. They, you know, they out there in force. You know, the term, the Karens, the, the Beckys. I mean, what is it? You know, and I would, I would love, I would love to know up front. I would love to hear people comment on this. What is it about a black person 
saying that they want rights. They want fair treatment. You know, you look you look at these videos of the police when they are confronting a white person. And you see these videos, the white person is wielding a knife. They are got some type of object in their hand. And I mean, they just coming at the police officer. And these police officers are using all these so-called, you know, defense tactics. It's funny because as a, as a clinician, we have to do a training every year. Um, it's called CPI. This training is designed for when a client, because I deal with mental, people with mental issues, when this client gets out of hand and they become a threat to you, you're not allowed to engage them. You're not allowed to, I guess, step towards them and apprehend them before they can put their hands on you. Well, it's the same thing that a police officer is supposed to be taught and you witness this. The tactics that they are using are the same tactics that they are using on white people it's the same tactics that we as clinicians are taught how to use but when it comes to black people they automatically they they aggress them they i mean i mean you've seen it shooting them in the back putting their knees on their neck kicking in doors shooting blindly in the dark you know, I mean, wh what this is what black people have been saying. Can you stop doing this? And the sad part is you got to ask somebody to stop doing this. You have to ask somebody, hey, respect me as a human being. And another group of people are upset and feel threatened because another a group of people are actually going out protesting, marching, saying, treat me with dignity. Nobody's even saying, you got to like me. I could care less whether or not you like me or not. But you, you got to respect me. You know, it would be nice to just say, I'm going to get in my car, go for a ride, Hey, I made the mistake. I went over the speed limit by five miles or I didn't come to a complete stop. And there's the flashing blue lights pulling me over. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get a ticket and I'm going to be on my way. But that simple transaction could result in you being put in a body bag. And people don't, you know, it's uh, the, the couple in California, excuse me, I, I'm, I'm all over the place, forgive me. But there's a couple in California just the other day that took it upon themselves to take black paint and paint over the Black Lives mural that was painted in the street. 
These individuals got permission, got a permit to do this. And here comes this white couple that just took it upon themselves to take black paint and try to paint over this thing. And I mean, if you listen, if you watch the video, if you can get this video and listen to what they're saying, it's like you, you literally can hear the fear and the rhetoric in their voice. They're talking about, they're saying things like racism don't exist, but the action that they're taking is racist. They are saying, I think the lady actually said, I don't care where y'all do this at, but you're not going to do it in my town. In my town. I, I, I should have looked up the, um, the actual city, but it is in California on a major on a major road. These two individuals just literally went out, got black paint. They blocked the street off. You know, like, you know, that's, I guess, you know, when you white, you can do this. And this happens so. Some passive buyers confront them. And I mean, they out there just like they're, they are government workers you know, working with the DOT and they just out there defacing this mural. You know, to my understanding, they were arrested. Um, you know, they claimed that, you know, it's a penalty of like about $400 and if convicted, they could face some jail time. But it's just the mindset that these people have that they feel that they can just do this because it's it's just it's just their fear. You know, or you, you see the videos of the people that are just losing their damn minds because somebody tells them to put on a mask. They had, they had this woman, they told her she couldn't come in the restaurant. So she just she lit look like she's walking away. And then she runs towards the door and just bangs her shoulder up against the door. And I know this lady cannot be no less than 50 years on this earth. And I mean, that lady in, in a sundress with flip-flops or sandals on. And she come running at this door and trying to lead with her shoulder. For, for what? And it was another lady was at a Costco's. She's this and this lady got to be in her in her late 60s, early 70s. And she sits on the floor in the store because they tell her to put on a mask. And what is so ignorant? She had a damn mask on. It's hanging from her head. But she still refused to put the mask on. And it says plain as day, before you can come in this store, you have to wear a mask. And this lady has the damn mask on and she gets mad. She just pitches a fit and falls to the ground like she's a five-year-old. And the thing is, the people 
are literally trying to talk to her and reason with her. I'm like, you, you people, you out your goddamn minds. Let us sit, just let us sit there. Let us sit there. I put a cup beside her so you can, so she can collect some money. That's, I mean, this whole fear thing. Because you're afraid you're losing. Losing what? What, what are white people losing? And please, I would love to know, what are you losing by somebody gaining respect, somebody gaining human and civil rights? You know, it's like, it's, you know, same thing with these statues that are being brought down. You're taking, you're taking our culture. What culture? The culture of bigotry, slavery? Hatred, Jim Crow, segregation, this this is the culture that you're claiming? This is the culture that you want to hang on to? I mean this oh my god, this 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 is a trip. But you know, we you know, I could talk about this all day. The stupidity of certain individuals. Anyway, let's go on. Kanye West. He's talking about running for president. I mean, he did a interview with Forbes magazine, pretty much indicated that he's going to run for president of the United States under his own party, which is called the birthday party. Trust me, I wish. I wish I could have thought of that so I can take credit for making it up, but... Kanye West beat me to it. I mean, you know, then of course he he adds in there that he no longer supports President Trump. I guess they friendship just recently ended. You know, I guess he told Trump, hey, I'm going to run for president because I want your job and I'm a be a real threat to you so I can no longer be seen hanging with you and President Trump is thinking yeah because you're going to be a real threat to me because you could really disrupt the progress that I'm making I mean you know and also you know he's receiving guidance from Elon Musk and from the political strategist, also known as Kim Kardashian, you know, because we know that she's, she has a ton of political insight and resources in her, in her career. I mean, all jokes aside, what people fail to realize is that there are a number of new voters. There are a number of people that are, and I'm not just talking about young people. There are a number of people that are starting to see things up front. And they're now starting to say to themselves, 
I want to start. I'm, I want. I'm. I'm going to vote. This is the same thing that happened back in '08 when President Barack Obama ran. It galvanized a new group of people to become registered and to go out and vote. Due to the circumstances, the coronavirus, you know, with the job losses, the economy the way it is, um, also with the police brutality and all the other issues going on, this has galvanized individuals to start exercising their rights. What could happen in this circumstance is if Kanye West do make his way on a number of ballots and as of this recording, he has time to still get on the ballot for a number of states. He has not officially registered with the, the the government of the United States, I forget the department that handles this. Um, I posted it on Facebook. But either way, he still has time to get on that. It is stated that he cannot run as an independent in a number of states because he's missed that deadline. But he can, with enough signatures, put himself on the ballot in a number of states. It just, you know, what states we talking about, again, I didn't have privy to that listing. But what this could do, particularly with young, and I'm gonna say ignorant, naive individuals, because contrary to what people believe, the Democrat Party have their share of ignorant, naive, individuals, not as much as the Republican Party, and I know I'm biased, but at the same time, they're there. These individuals see somebody like a celebrity, same thing with Donald Trump. Some type of celebrity, some type of status, some type of flash, because I've always said that Donald Trump was going to set a precedent for running for president by celebrities and individuals that have no type of experience from a political point of view into Kanye West. But what the damaging parts that this could cause is he literally can take votes from the Democrat Party, i.e. Joe Biden. So a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's a joke. It won't happen. Don't take it seriously. There's no doubt. The Democrat Party probably won't give them any money. The Independent Party won't give them any money. You know, I don't know Kanye's actual bank account status. He's, in some instances, have claimed he's a billionaire. You know, it's yet to be proven. I can say that a magazine like Forbes that would take the time to interview him 
Yes, you 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 looking for individuals to read and sell magazines, but at the same time, Forbes is not some type of joke in regards to the magazine world. Forbes magazine is highly respected. So they think that, you know, I don't think that they believe that he can win, but I believe that, like them, he can make an impact. And see, an impact can be positive and it can be negative. And right now, with things going on, that's the last thing that needs to be done is anything negative. People don't realize, and this is one of the issues that I've always had with black individuals, when it comes to voter, they need to understand. They need to become empowered. This is why one of the things that crippled the black communities is the low numbers and turnout on local elections. Black people have that mindset that the only elections that they should be focus on is the presidential election, but they don't understand the state and city, county, these local elections, school board, these local elections, they trickle up on the national level. They don't understand. It's the local parties that set up the, the districts. It's the school boards that determine the material that your kids are going to utilize. People just say, it's, it's like you ever hear a person that will say, I'm not going to play the lottery because it's only 10 million. And they might be making 50,000 a year. Well, that's, that's too low for me. I'm not, I'm not going to play. I'll wait, I'll wait till the number get bigger. And then that's when I'm a I'ma participate. It's the, you know, I'm not a I'm not a participant in the the lottery, but I always thought that was the most stupidest thing a person can say. But this is this is the same mindset. I only vote. I only participate in prime time elections, big elections, and don't realize that that little election for that city councilman, the mayor, you know, your state senator, which, you know, I've always challenged black people, you know, learn these people, learn, learn how the county that you live in, especially like I live in a, I live in a Republican based county. People don't understand the concept of having two different ballots. Cause when you live in a county that's dominated by one party, you're not privy to the issues that were brought up by that party. These are the things that people, and I shouldn't say just black people, white people don't know this either. A lot of stuff people just do not understand that's right there, that's being done right in front of their eyes. And they have not a clue. You know, people don't understand 
the consequences that are facing Donald Trump. To have, in my opinion, to have somebody like Kanye West to run, to siphon off the votes, because it's an act of desperation. I think the last time we talked, you know, he made a comment that he was thinking about not running because he didn't feel loved. And I'm like, okay, take your name off the ballot, which of course, at this recording, he had not done so. Donald, Donald Trump is not crazy. He is not going to remove his name off the ballot. He is desperate. People fail to realize that if, and in my opinion, when Donald Trump loses this election, as I've also said, he's not going to go out easy. And the reason he's not going to go out so easily, because there are a number of states that are waiting. They are already lined up. And they're going to, it's going to be like blood in the water. Because right now he's protected by the Constitution with his title of President of the United States. Once he is out of office, there are a number of states that are coming after him with lawsuits for his dealings from a business platform because he just becomes a normal citizen again. And they are going to come after him like sharks with blood in the water. And he knows this. He knows that the only way he can survive this, he has to get another term. You know, part of me would love to see him get that term to see how he sets himself up to the point where if he got four more years, he would have laws in place that would probably make him untouchable. But, you know, it's, it may seem like it was a long four years, but, you know, that time has come and gone. You know, we this is July. November's right around the corner. January will be here before you know it. You know, hopefully you'll hear Chief Justice John Roberts say, Joseph Biden, do you solemnly swear to uphold the Constitution as President of the United States? And then on that same note, the new saga is going to be what's going to happen to Donald Trump. But, you know, this is these are the things that people have to get get an understanding. You got to learn to see the other big picture. In this day and age with social media and everything like that, there's so many big pictures going on at the same time. So you got to learn how to just see multiple screens at the same time. I'm not talking about the TVs. The I don't even know if they have these TVs anymore where they have picture in a picture. But one was big, one was small. Now you got, you got 50, 60 inch screen TVs side by side by side. That's how you have to live this life. So again, let's see. Let's see if Donald Trump is going to survive this. Unfortunately, had another shooting in Atlanta. 
This time, the perpetrators were black. The life of a eight-year-old girl was lost. And, you know, again, people, though the life is precious, but also you have to understand, again, harking back on the big picture theory, Mayor Bottoms, Keisha Bottoms, is one of the individuals that are being vetted for vice president of the United States. If that decision had to be made today, that probably, that situation probably just disrupted her chances. Because the first thing, if you watch Fox News, the first thing those pundits did, they attacked the city of Atlanta. They talked about all of the things going on in Atlanta. This is their way of going after her reputation. This is their way of eliminating her chances of becoming vice president of the United States. Because see, a little known fact people don't realize is that Joe Biden pretty much has stated that if he wins president of the United States, it's speculation that he's only going to run for one term. That means that there's a highly likely chance of everything is successful in that administration, which I can't figure out how it cannot be. If anything, the best thing about coming after Donald Trump, you, oh my God, you can't mess this up because the only thing you have to do is really go around, go around the world and basically apologize, you know, have a meeting, basically just saying, hey, I'm sorry, let's get back to business, let's get back to where we was at uh, four years ago, that's all he got to do. Now imagine you have a vice president and he, he would need to have a hell of a secretary of state. These individuals that he have in place to just, you know, pretty much pick up the broken pieces. But this vice president, chances are, if it's a black female, the chances are that individual will be the first black female president of the United States. It's just that path is going to be set. So not only is Joe Biden picking his VP candidate, he really is picking his predecessor. So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot with that decision. Now, in my opinion, yeah, I'm a little bit biased towards Mayor Bottoms. I'm, I'll be truthful. I'm a bigger Stacey Abrams fan. But in terms, in terms of what it takes to run the United States, I believe after four years on that playing field, they they would do a spectacular job. But, you know, I think with what's going on in Atlanta, pretty much, like I said, if it was today and he had to make that decision, then I don't think it would fare well for her. 
But again, I don't know what's the deadline. I don't know if it's another two months. Anything can happen in that time span. And hopefully she can she can recover from that. You know, you know, I would just hate to see if she was not picked that it was because of stupidity by individuals in this city. Well, you know, again, we'll wait we'll wait and see. Last but not least, Patrick Mahomes. Contract, half a billion dollars. You know, I get the excitement, but okay, you know, not the not to be a lump of coal in everybody's Christmas stocking. We all know that he's not going to see. Well, uh, no. If I had to bet, he's not going to see that full contract. He's not going to play. Ten years in the NFL. Yes, there are people that have lasted a long I mean, you got Tom Brady going on 50-something years old. Well, actually, what is, what is Tom Brady? 43? So, yeah, I guess you could say going on 50. But either way, 10 years on that level, that's, that's, that's a hell of a challenge. I personally think that from a financial business point of view, I don't think it's a good deal. And the reason I believe that it's not a good deal, when you get those deals that are length of length stretched out like that, anything can happen. Let's say, let's say by chance, Patrick Mahomes for the next three, four years, he's top. I mean, Kansas City go back to another Super Bowl. His numbers are off the chart. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, other quarterbacks, um, Lamar Jackson, they right on his trail. They could easily surpass him in terms of a year-to-year deal. Let's say Lamar Jackson, if he continues, if he can get Baltimore to a Super Bowl, he continue those numbers, stay healthy, stay off jet skis, he stay healthy and win a championship in the next five years. Lamar Jackson could easily get 50, 50 million a year. But let's say if Lamar Jackson is smart, instead of signing some long contract, he signs a four or five year, 200, $250 million contract, which gives him an average of 50, 50 million a year, $100 million signing bonus. What do you think that's going to, what do you think that's going to do to Patrick Mahomes? He's going to be mad. He's going to want to restructure his deal. I would even say right now, the person that is in the best position, and of course, yes, I am biased because I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And I love me some Dak Prescott. You know, to me, a fourth round pick on the verge of now about to make $31 million. Yes, and people fail to realize Dak is making about $40 million in endorsements. 
this has been going on for the last two years. And it has a lot to do with the fact that he got that star in his helmet. He's capitalized on that. But at the same time, he wants that NFL money. And let's say if Dak plays through this year contract with the signing of Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson is up next. Jackson could be up next. So if Dak was to sign another franchise tag, that would put him around 37 to $40 million. Now, of course, he wants that guaranteed money. In fact, I truly believe that if the Cowboys, cross my fingers, if they get off to a good start, there's no doubt in my mind, Jerry Jones would re-sign him in the middle of next season. Again, I don't know how the season is going to play out. If there's going to be a season, how are they going to do it? But either way, this, this could very well benefit Dak Prescott because the agent that he has, they understand the long game. They understand the TV money. They understand the licensing money. They're not just saying what I'm doing on the field. They are looking at what the actual league is going to get, what the league is going to be entitled to. That's brilliant. Again, that's why I'm a, why I am a Dakota Rain, excuse me, Rain Dakota Prescott fan because this guy is an intelligent individual who just happens to play football. But, you know, much love to Patrick Mahomes. Hope everything works out with that deal. We'll look at it very closely. But I just believe that he should have gone for a shorter term and then after two or three years, come back to the negotiating table. Because I believe that Patrick Mahomes, he has the ability to play out that contract. In fact, the only, place that I, the only person that I know that had a mega contract deal was when Alex Rodriguez signed that deal with the Texas Rangers for 10 years. And he played, he played that whole contract. Then signed another one with the Yankees. So he's the only one that I know that played out the length of his contract. Hopefully Patrick Mahomes can do that. Either way, this wraps up another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Please I would love to hear your comments. I would love to hear your questions, your opinions. Agree with me, disagree with me. I want to hear it all. Until then, God bless, and I will talk to you later.